This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Genesis chapter 40. We've made it all the way into the 40s and fired up about that. Moving on through, we're 11 chapters away from finishing. It goes all the way through chapter 50, and really we're 80% of the way there and fast moving toward the end of the book of Genesis. Actually, we won't move far after we finish the book of Genesis. We'll just move right on into the book of Exodus because actually, to tell you the truth there, just a continuation of the same story, and it is important that we know these stories. It's important that we understand the plan of God and how it's spelled out in Scripture so that when we're studying the New Testament, and the New Testament relates back to this over and over again, we need to know it, be intimate with it, understand it so that we can see things from God's perspective because remember the the Old Testament is a taskmaster, it's a teacher, it teaches us a schoolmaster, it teaches us what we need to know, what we need to understand about God. And we find Joseph, we find Joseph and he's out of Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife has run him out and he is in the jail. And if you'll remember from our last Bible study, he he got to the jailhouse and he he took over the jailhouse. He was placed in charge of the whole jailhouse. And the reason is because wherever Joseph goes, God's blessings with him. And not only is God's blessing with him, God is using him and is at work with him. And he is in his next place of opportunity. And uh, you'd say jail is not a place of opportunity. Theoretically, from the world's perspective, it is not. But in this situation, he was wrongly in jail. And so he is going to he is going to be in the right place because God has him there. <clears throat> and realizing that God is sovereignly in control, that he runs the whole the whole show, that he's ordered the steps of the righteous, understanding that when he's done that, you're in the right place no matter where you are because God's at work around you and his spirit's alive in you and the kingdom is emanating from you. Understanding that and knowing that puts you in a position where, well, you can experience God in his best no matter where you're at. God's kingdom is at work inside of you, and uh, it needs to be at work inside of you. A little bit of grape there. And uh, it needs to be at work inside of you. And once it emanates from you, it's going to change the world you live in, and uh, it's going to prepare you for your promotion, prepare you to put you in a place where you can't imagine. And so many times we put human limitations on that. We say, I'm too old for this, or I'm, I'm, I'm not educated to, to be able to do that, or I'm not, I'm not the person for that. That's not my per- personality. I'm afraid. I just feel like I'm not worthy of that. Over and over again, we come up with excuses why God's plan and God's purpose can't be carried out in our own, per- in our own lives. And that's just not the case. 
It's just not the case. It never has been the case. It is a limited view of God based on your own view of yourself, which is limited. And uh, when we place our focus on ourselves rather than our focus on God, we get a very limited view of what can or will happen in our lives. Because obviously you are very limited and the things that you can do are almost nothing. And so you begin to project that. It's called projection. You just project that on God as if God's somehow limited by your limited view of yourself. And if you think about it, that's crazy. I, you mean I limit God, what God is doing in my life by limiting my limited view of myself? Yeah, you do. Because remember, he's not going to help you. He's not going to walk with you. He's not going to lead and guide you uh, by unbelief. He's going to do it by faith. And by faith is the, is the important it's the most important ingredients. And we talked about that a little bit yesterday in worship. He says, it came to pass after these things that the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their Lord, the king of Egypt. So Pharaoh has been offended by his butler and his baker. And remember, butler is the one who handles the things. He's kind of like the personal servant of Pharaoh, and he handles the inward things. Someone else might handle all the workings of the household, but the butler is the one who literally, if you watch Downton Abbey, uh, the butler is the one who actually helps the Pharaoh get dressed. He's right there in every situation right there in the middle of it, and that's who the butler is right here. He's the one who, who knows Pharaoh best because he's always right there helping Pharaoh with the most intimate of things. And uh, not only him, but the baker offended Pharaoh. And if you can't cook good, if you don't do it right, you can offend me too. And so I understand how the Pharaoh could have got offended by the baker. Not sure what happened with the butler. In fact, this whole passage doesn't tell us what they did to offend Pharaoh. They, we don't know. They just offended him, and so they went to jail. Now, like I said, this is not like our modern-day prisons where you go there for 20, 30 years. This is a jail where you go there because it's just really kind of like time out on an adult level. They put, him, they put the person over there, and Pharaoh decides whether or not he's going to forgive them or whether he's going to get rid of them. And get rid of them does not mean to send them to a job somewhere else. Get rid of them means to get rid of them. And he is angry with both of them. It says, and Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief butler and the chief baker. So he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, in the prison, the place where Joseph was confined. So they're there and they're with him. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them and he served them, so they were in custody for a while. So they couldn't bail out and get a bail set for them. They couldn't get out. They were in there, and they were in there for a while. And notice, Joseph is serving them. Now, oftentimes in life, uh, we want to be served. But the Bible says the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. What does that mean? That means that Jesus' purposeful actions and activity on this earth was not coming to be worshiped in the sense of how he is worshiped in heaven today, but he came to be served, to serve us and serve us in every possible way, to teach us, to train us, to lead us, uh, to give to us, to provide for us, and the main way he provides for us is in his atoning sacrifice on the cross and to give his life as a ransom for many is the end of that verse. He did not come, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Those are the words of Jesus. He was telling people that he was not there 
for the purpose of serving, being served. He was a purpose there for the purpose of serving others. Now, I'm going to tell you this. The best way to get promoted in life, in any situation, if you want a promotion with your wife or husband, serve them. If you want a promotion with your with your children, especially as they get older and get grown, serve them. If you want a promotion at work, serve your boss, but also serve your fellow employees or even serve those who you employ and you're going to get a promotion. The way God has uniquely made this universe is when his kingdom shows up, which is in you, and when you operate in that in humility and love and service to others, genuine concern and service for others, trying to help others get to the better place. I, this was a very difficult, this is a very difficult understanding for me when I was young. I wanted to get ahead. We were talking, my wife and I were talking and she said the other day, she said, the truth is you're not afraid of really anything. And I said, sure I am. And she said, what? She said, I'm afraid of failure. I've always been afraid of failure. When I was really young, I had a fear of heights, but Uncle Sam with his helicopters and his repel, repelling walls and and all the things that Uncle Sam likes to do with his people, he broke me of the fear of heights, although it's still there just a little bit, a little twinge of it every once in a while, that fear comes up. But the fear of heights is really not an issue, but fear of failure has always been an issue for me, and I don't know why. I always, I've always been afraid to, to, to fail, to not achieve, and that's why, in many ways, my experience in college and my struggles there were, were a nation of that fear. It's almost like God was dealing with my fear of heights in the army right around that time, and he's fear, dealing with my fear of failure all at the same time. Now, the neat thing about that is God has helped me deal with my fear of failure because he's given me many opportunities to do it. And I've learned how a little bit to deal with failure, but I still have that intense fear of failure. And, and so when I was young, what it meant was I was willing to climb over and to do whatever it took to make sure that I succeeded, I won. And I didn't really care about the results for everybody else. But what I've realized in the kingdom of God in the 30 plus years of adulthood that I've actually had, which is far longer, 30, probably going on 35 years of adulthood that I've had, because I consider young adults 15, 16, 17 years old. If you train them and teach them and grow them, they should be taking on adult skills when they're older teenagers. And in truth is by the time they graduate high school, they should be prepared to make adult decisions and walk in adulthood. I consider that the standard and I tried to be that myself when I was young. I tried to climb over people, but I've learned that my failure or my success, better put, my success is generally based on how well and how much I make a difference in the lives of the people around me because they generally promote me forward. I don't promote me forward, but the people that I serve and that I love generally are the ones who make, make me successful. And I've realized that. I call my, I have a secretary, she's a paralegal slash secretary, slash Wonder Woman, slash Supergirl secretary, and she uh, she's my boss because even though I pay her salary, she makes me look good. She's the one who makes me successful. And so I, I realize that I'm not, I will never be near the attorney that I am without her. And uh, that's just, and you say, you're not very much one now. I wouldn't be hardly one at all without her, even if that's your point of view. And uh, obviously my wife is my helpmate and she is, she makes me tremendously successful. She evens me out. 
She gives me gives me perspective on things that I would not have. That is, she and you say she's supposed to be she's supposed to be your helpmate. Yes, but the reason I am who I am in many ways is because of that. And then I think about the friends and my colleagues, both in the legal profession and then also in the church, and how the people of the church promote me and make me better at what I am and better at who I can be. And they they encourage me and they push me forward. I think about all those things as I consider as I'm considering life and considering what's going on. And when I'm doing that in my own walk with God, when I'm walking in that, I realize that my promotions generally come from who I serve, not who I climb over. And Joseph was a man of service. He was a man who did right by those around him. He's a man who regularly took on the role. His role was not ever meant totally to be what it was when he was a young man. He was not the he was not the oldest son, but he was his father's son. And you say that's just because his father liked him the most. Likely not, because his father obviously trusted him, and that came from his character. And then when he's in Potiphar's house, he he becomes the servant of Potiphar, the chief servant, the one who serves Potiphar the most. How did that happen? Because he's got he's able to serve. He's one who can be under authority as he is in authority. And then now he gets to the prison and he's serving again. He is serving other people again, and we've got this chief baker and chief butler, and you go, they're just servants themselves. Yeah, they are servants in their role, but the truth is everybody's role is a role of servant. Even the CEO of companies is serving his shareholders and serving the owner, and he's trying to make sure that the company is profitable and that the company runs well for other people, for the employees of the company, for the owners of the company, for himself, for the other leaders of the company. Everybody is, if you're going to ultimately see life from God's perspective, especially the way we live in the world we are right now, you've got to learn that service is is the key. It is the key to uh, moving forward in this world. And oftentimes, a person who is responsible and trustworthy in low service roles will move up very quickly into high service roles. It, no matter how <clears throat> limited they may be in, in knowledge or insight or even intelligence or abilities or gifts or talents, that, that servant's heart oftentimes promotes them very quickly in a way that all those other things can't do because that person who can be trusted to serve can be trusted. And if they can be trusted, sometimes that's the most important thing to move forward. It's the most important gift that you have. And that's who Joseph was. And the men that he was placed in charge of were men of high importance because they had access to all the knowledge of Pharaoh's house. And that's where all the power came from. And they had intimate relationships with Pharaoh. And so Pharaoh would have heard them and heard the words of their mouth. And when the king hears the words of someone's mouth, that those words are important because they're on, the only words he hears during the day are the words he hears from others. And those words would have been of great importance and these men would have been of great importance. And so now it's almost like Joseph is in line to have an ear in literally the head of Egypt's house. And so it says, then the butler and the baker, the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, had a dream. And both of them, each man's dream in one night, and each man's dream with its own interpretation. And so, as you see, they're in there, he's serving them, 
and and now something supernatural is about to happen. And let me say this, when God is promoting you, when God is moving you forward, the supernatural is going on because you are the point where the eternal meets the physical. Literally, you are that point where that happens. And supernatural things are going to be happening. The enemy is going to be at work. <clears throat> the kingdom of God is going to be being shared. The power of God has potential to be unleashed by your faith in the world you live in. And so understanding that, that not only am I a servant, but that service is about to open many doors, open doors, not just for me, but open doors for the people around me. And like I said, as a pastor of the church, I'm only really as good or as effective as the people of the congregation. Talked about that a little bit yesterday with the worship. The reason worship is powerful is not because the people who are leading worship on the stage, it's not because of the pastor who's in charge of the worship and who is speaking on Sunday morning. The reason worship is powerful is because the people show up with a heart toward worship, desiring to worship. And in a lot of ways, in, in almost always, how successful I am is highly, in fact, it's almost completely dependent on the people who are coming. And if they, if we are a church, which we are, thank God, in, in, in powerful ways, yesterday was so powerful. If we're a church who is trusting God, who's seen God move, who's walking with God, and who is showing up on Sunday morning in expectation of big things happening with God and big big things happening in the kingdom. If we're that type of people who are doing that, then God's going to move. And, uh, and so I am, in many ways, I am subjugated to that, to, to the people that I lead, lead. And so I need to serve the people that I lead. And, uh, and the people that I lead, when they serve others, the kingdom is built. Who we are our success is oftentimes with the people around us. And so the opportunities come when we have the most servant, most when our heart is most tuned toward serving. And here it is. All of a sudden, we've got these two important men under Joseph's care and under Joseph Joseph's hand, and they have had, both of them, in the same night, dreams. And that is really Joseph's wheelhouse. It's one of the things that gets one of the gifts God's given him. Now, he wouldn't be able to interpret these dreams had he not been where he was. And where was he? He was in prison. And uh, you'd say that was the worst place he could possibly be. And in all actuality, it was the best place he could be because he's about to get promoted. Not going to get promoted immediately, but because he's being right to serve the men that God has placed under him for his service. For him to be served, it probably is a better way to say it. Because of that, he's getting the opportunity that's going to make him into someone who changes the world. And we'll see what he said, what happens tomorrow. But as for today, we need to consider the people around us. And are we servants to those people or are we, are we continually trying to serve ourselves? And if we're trying to serve ourselves, we're not being like our Lord because he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And uh, we give our lives to others. And because of that, God pours his life in us. May that be the case for us today, each and every one. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.